0: This is the Team Lotus Cares Podcast. We connect with business owners and managers to protect your business from cyber attackers while providing business clarity empowered by technology. You can make technology for your business more productive, secure, and simple. Now, here is Maria and Curtis. Well, we're heading into uh, now football's already on the field. We're heading into fall, and this is episode 42 of the Team Lotus Cares Podcast. Hey, Maria.
1: Hello, Curtis. A nice, uh, nippy morning would be. Awesome.
0: Yes. To go with our uh, our pumpkin spice whatever. Yes. Everything. Underwear can be pumpkin spice now, I'm betting. I haven't looked, but I bet you could find it somewhere.
1: I'm not even going to go there.
0: <laughs> nope. Chuck Cooper is our uh, guest today. We're going to have him in just a moment talking about uh, human resources, his personal journey. Uh, he gets into leadership and uh, and and you know how greed led to making some very poor decisions. It cost him literally his company. So I'll we'll have that coming up in just a moment. One of the things I wanted to uh, discuss was uh blog, blog posts we had uh, earlier this month, a few weeks ago, on the uh, Lotus Business Tech website. Our website uh, use technology to increase sales and conversions. Now, I, a lot of folks, this might be a no-brainer, but a lot of companies are still keeping lists of customers on spreadsheets, but there are some amazing customer relationship management systems out there now, 100% cloud-based. Some of them you can even engage with for free until you want to work yourself into uh, starting to pay for the service and use some of the more advanced features. But one of the big things that's beginning to change is the integration of artificial intelligence into the CRM systems? Uh, I know one that uh, that we use for one of our um, projects is that if you log a phone call or an email, it will ask you, "Do you want to go ahead and just mark off the task you had pending and set a follow up in the next three days?" And they can completely can automate that process, but it goes beyond that. You can uh, leverage social media, media data. Um, and also you can uh, harness email automation as well. So there's, there are a lot of good options. This article digs into that not too long of a read, just a couple of minutes, but kind of give you an idea what's out there when it comes to customer relationship management software. So back to our guest today. Uh, this is, uh, Chuck Cooper. Now, you yeah, know, Runs a nationwide company called Whitewater Consulting. They're based in Charlotte, and uh, they help companies with uh, HR, developing a culture of trust, leadership. But uh, he's uh, really talks about a wide range of topics, from entrepreneurship and again his personal journey. But uh, really great conversation. We'll be back in uh, after we have a moment here with uh, Chuck Cooper. Uh, Whitewater Consulting, which is a an- HR Consulting firm, and uh, Chuck, thanks for
2: uh, joining us today. Absolutely. It's great to be here and uh, definitely looking forward to our conversation. So um, let's jump right in. What, what does your company do? What is HR Consulting? So my company is Whitewater Consulting. We do. Um, we are essentially a business consulting practice that specializes in HR for small and mid-sized companies. So when you think about um, kind of the life cycle of an employee Everything that happens within a company, from the applicant experience to HR technology to employee benefits and payroll and HR compliance, all of those things, we have the capabilities to help, serve, and support our small business clients across the U.S. Gotcha. So
0: I assume it's a remote engagement, and um, and it's
2: it, it absolutely isn't. And. Actually, when we first started, we started the company in 2019, and a lot of the work we did was actually in person at that time. But because of COVID and the fact that everybody got so comfortable doing things remote, we went to 100% remote for the most part. So I have not, uh, I've not traveled for my work uh, really since 2020. Gotcha. So, I, uh, Maria, so we'll,
0: how we've handled internal hiring, and it is a learning experience, I will say to To learn how to find the right right fit is something that you're not born with. I don't believe. And it's funny because Maria really handles a lot of it. Um, But as far as what your engagement would be, do you bring people to the company or do you just get involved with the overall framework of how they deal with them?
2: So our what's really interesting, our model is a little bit unique in the fact that the way that our the way our organization works, we are essentially a hub and spoke system. So basically, I as a consultant, I'm the the hub to the to the system. So I meet with the clients, we do our discovery calls, we identify the gaps in, and the problems or challenges that they have, and then once we have those gaps identified, then we basically prioritize those gaps. Once we do that and we identify where we want to start, then I use my network, which is made up of about 30 to 35 different companies, and I use them as my solution providers to my clients. So it allows me then to really be able to have a much wider range of of services that we can offer, um, and we do a revenue share with most of the companies in our network. So that's how we get compensated. Um, So when it comes to the recruiting and the talent acquisition, Services we have a few companies that we work with that that's all they do. So we basically would just introduce them to the client, and then they they basically put together the pieces to uh, do the recruiting or do the recruiting outsourcing for them. Gotcha. That's great.
1: I was just talking to um one of our partners, and and it sounds like you have. In, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the consultative part of, of having your client, and they have different needs, and then identifying the right provider to have that, to fit that nuance, right, of that specific to that small business, it's not a blanket, and, and hence you have 35, 30 to 35 different relationships and bringing them forward. Um uh, fine for example, today we had um, someone that um, had different needs on the IT space, and um, our one of our partners is like, "I think this is the perfect solution." Unfortunately, another provider was able to give a, a more pinpoint solution that's better fitting for that small business. So it's that. It of really of is. I, we, um, you know, one of the
2: biggest challenges, as you kind of talked about there, was the fact that a lot of the business owners. When they're looking, have a need, when they're reaching out, they may get they may get five or ten p- companies reach out to them where their salespeople are reaching out trying to sell their specific logo. Um, and right. so what we're able right. to bring to them is really helping them find the a, a ideal fit for them based on personality, based on the specific needs that they have. And the people in our network are already people that we, we already have, we've known, we've tr- we have vetted them. And we know what quality of service and, and the quality of the relationship that they're able to bring. So that's really helps take a lot of that concern off of our clients because they know when they deal with us, they know that they're getting you know, people that are high caliber and already tested out.
1: Yeah. They, they exactly. can breathe easier and save a lot, of time. A lot of Businesses
0: are still facing a challenge. I think that's step one, just getting folks in, uh, for a open position.:
2: Is there any tips up front So I really think what's really interesting on that, Curtis, is I, I've, got a, I've got one of the one of the companies in my network, and I was talking with their owner the other day. Their comment to me based on their experience has been that most companies, they don't have a problem finding talent. they may have a problem of hiring talent. In other words, we through through a recruiter or through some firms, we can go out and we can find the candidates for them. They may not have the right culture. They may not have the right. They may not be the right fit for that talent. So that may be the reason they're not able to actually find and connect. But um, I think when you look at ways that you can take your organization and make yourself more. Appealing to a, a bigger larger number of applicants, um, some things to really look at is really comes back to starting with what is your website what's your website look like? Do you have information on there on the career page that is has like videos that talks about your the culture of the organization that talks about what the what the real life experience is of your of your people and talking you know talking about them becoming essentially raving fans of the company and if you can have that that's something that will be attractive to some candidates another thing is is to have your uh, your mission your vision and your values listed on the website as well because a lot of the applicants are looking at the values and yeah. they're using those values to determine as you're having the conversation on, in the interview process as to it do does the leadership really live out these values or you know, is this just something that we got that looks really pretty up on the wall? Um, it makes a big difference to people today, much more today than it did, you know, three years ago.
0: And I think a lot, I think that leads into a discussion about leadership. That's interesting. That, um, you know, it's, I think it's absolute key today in a leader developing that, that culture and a value and then living by them. It's hard to do every day, try and do the best you can. None of us are perfect.
2: Exactly. We're, it's, we're all human. We're going to make mistakes from time to time. But as a leader, when you make that mistake, being, being able to be comfortable enough and vulnerable enough with your people to say, look, I messed up. It's on me. Yeah. Um, I, I think that 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 goes a long way today right. in really building that trust with your people.
0: And, too, I think it's important to being open to feedback.
2: As a leader, absolutely. That To me, that's one of the five C's that I refer to um, whenever I'm talking with my clients on leadership. Um, it's about communication and it's about, you know, it's about not just talking, but it's also about the listening, the active listening that goes along with that and being open open to admitting, you know, the mistakes and hearing that feedback from your people. Yeah,
0: probably one of the toughest questions you can ask a group of employees is, what could I be doing better? <laughs>
2: I mean because uh, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead, Maria so,
1: uh, oh no i am just- out of curiosity, do you find that in the last three year since you know court you know covid this had changed so much do you- do you, do you feel like that's created some challenges for organizations in you know when it comes to the human talent you know the finding skill and I think and that's,
2: again i think that from a from a skills perspective i think that um it has become more challenging for a lot of businesses particularly if you get into the hospitality space um and i think you know when you're talking about restaurants and hotels and and resorts i think that's where they're having they've had some major challenges finding that the number of applicants to fill positions Um, But, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of other companies that have been very, very successful in the attraction of of talent. And again, a lot of that comes back to the culture and comes back to the leadership of the company. Um, I think, you know, as we look at the way that we work and how we work, um, that has really changed significantly since COVID. Because of the fact that I think a lot of people just realized the work that they were doing. They were putting in a large number of hours each and every week, and th- there was not really a lot of fulfillment that really mm-hmm. came from that. Yeah. They were just grinding it out week in and week out for a paycheck, and they realized as we went through COVID, there's a, maybe there's more to life than just being a grinder day in and day out.
0: Absolutely. And you're right. People do look yeah. for that value match, that bigger goal beyond just the money, but also that that value-driven purpose within the company. I, I, I see that a lot. I think less micromanagement is really key as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I think people in general, we're, we're, we're looking for that autonomy. We want to be able to feel like that when we come to work at an organization, that we've been hired, we've been trained, and that we want our management to trust and empower us to do our work. Uh, you can, they can hold us accountable, You know, let's just be really clear on what the expectations are and and the communication. I think that goes a long way to giving people that sense of confidence to be able to bring the best version of themselves to work every day. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. I I agree. It's it's like one of the things we at one time we were very, very strict on scheduling technicians on site and what they were going to be working on and how long they'd be working on it. But now we've allowed them more to lead on what they see is most important. That needs because they're there; they've been on site. They realize what's most important to the client, and the customer, and and it works well for us. We've had much better success in the last couple of years in tra- teaching them, showing them this is this is our priority. This is what's you know the three most important things to accomplish, and it really makes it so much smoother. And it makes less work for the leadership as well.
2: <laughs> well, again, it goes back to your, you're your giving very, very specific instructions and setting those expectations of what you want your people to do. And from that, they know when they go in and meet with that client, if they do A, B, and C, that they're checking off those those priorities yeah. and that they have the confidence and they know what they need to do. So I, I think that's great that you guys are doing that. And I'm sure it's interesting to hear that even from your perspective that you're seeing different results from that. Oh yeah. Um, And and I'm sure that's not only changed the relationship with your customers, but it's also changed the overall performance of the company as well. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. They're able to accomplish a lot more
0: with, and and do it within, you know, um, 40 hours. It's absolutely amazing. So we've been able to increase our productivity and they're happier.
2: They just are more happy-go-lucky and enjoying their work. So, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because I've got uh, right now I've got two companies that I've been working with for about the last eighteen months. The, eighteen months ago, that they, they were exactly the same size as far as headcount. They were very very close on revenue size in exactly the same market, same industry, and one owner has adopted. A lot, you know, taken and adopted a lot of the changes that have been recommended to them. That company today is, is, has grown by almost 40% wow. in the last 15 months. The other business That's owner, he awesome. stayed exactly doing the same things the same way that he's done for the last three decades. And his company is about 3% lower in revenue. And he's lost a couple of employees. And he's like, I don't understand the difference. And it's all about leadership today
0: mm. early on i was taught that uh that this definition of insanity same thing over and over <laughs> expecting different results and i mean even if you were doing it right 30 years ago people are not they do not have the same attitude as they did 30 years ago which we just
2: mentioned a moment ago yeah
1: there's uh, a lot of newness
2: you know, when you look at the difference in generations from the Gen Z up to the baby boomers, I mean, the way the way that we communicate, the, our preferences yes. we have, the way we view the world, the way we view work um, has, is so significantly different today than, you know.
1: Just having conversations and people not knowing, <laughs> like the past, you know, I um, heard somebody uh, making a joke in regards to um, finding a yes. phone booth in the airport. You know, and the, the, how we connect now and how we communicate now, and it's kind of like unfathomable for somebody, maybe a millennial or something, uh, how that actually, exactly. how different Yeah, and one of the
2: things that. we're seeing a lot of companies taking on right now that when it comes to the intergenerational workforce is the fact that... It, they're doing a lot more mentoring today than what we did five years or 10 years ago. And what's really interesting to see is the mentoring usually was just taking the senior people, mentoring the younger people coming into the workforce today. We're actually seeing what we call reverse mentoring where the younger people are actually mentoring the older generation right now yeah. when it comes to technology and, and ways of of doing things within business. And there's been so there's been a lot of really, um, uh, great relationships that have gotten formed and we've seen a really big impact in a lot of our clients that have done that.
0: It's very possible. I will really confuse all of this, but I think it was a movie a couple of years ago with Robert De Niro called The Intern where they, he actually came out of retirement and joined a high-tech firm and the young people kind of brought him along and brought him up to current speed. So if anybody wants to check out that movie, it's a good movie. Yeah, it really depicts that, that quite well, but it, it does. I believe that you're correct. I mean, I, I learn, I learn a lot from our employees because they're younger people and they're techies. And so I haven't kept up
2: with the areas that they keep up with. So they, they kind of keep current in some way. No. It, it sounds to me like courtesy. You spend, you spend time with, you spend time with your employees, number one, but then number two, it sounds like you spend time asking questions and listening to them, uh, which I'm sure enhances or improves the, in, the engagement that they have. But also I think from a leader, again, going back to leadership, when, you, when you're when you asking those questions and you're remaining open-minded, innovation takes place in, those, in that area. And so I think that, again, as one of the five C's, it's always about remaining curious. It's not about, we've never wanna feel like that we've arrived. That we feel like we're always on that journey of learning and growing each and every day. And so being able to ask questions and listen to other people within the organization, again, that's where a lot of the the, the new ideas and new concepts come from is just from the people. So we have to be, I think we have to use Absolutely. our people, which are, are the company's greatest asset oh, yeah. to be able to, uh, to move the company forward. You wrote a book on this, correct? So I did. Uh, back in, uh, in May of last year, I actually published my book. Um, it's called Unprecedented. And, uh, and it's really the, the subtitle is, you know, building a multi-generational business on trust, respect, and the valuing of people. And so what I've, I grew up in a family-owned business. And so I've seen over the years, I've seen how the chasm with the lack of trust and the relationship between employers and the employees has really, they've grown apart. Yeah. And so as I'm in my role now as as a consultant with Whitewater, we're really looking for ways to be able to help our clients be able to kind of focus back in on building that bridge to where building pe- those relationships back together and we're also building trust back within the organization.
0: Yeah, we've even seen within the own in family owned companies you mentioned where within the family owned within the family they've had those issues of trying to convey that trust forward of the company forward as the older generation steps aside.
2: Yeah, it, uh, it's really, that is always one, I think one of the most uh, challenging um, parts of a business to be able to work through in a family-owned business is that transition from one generation to the next because we have a, as a younger generation, we have a different again, we have a different perspective. We want to see things done differently and as the older generation, we want to hold on to those things so you know, have worked have worked well for us. Yeah. Uh, so it's some, and I've got I've got a couple of uh, friends of mine or, or colleagues that I work with that they've written books on how to help family-owned businesses really kind of work through that transition process, mm. and they do a really good job of. Um, you know, showing some case studies on specific examples of the challenges families had and how they went about addressing those those challenges and what the end result came out to.
0: Cool, that's great. Sources are available. Um, if if folks would like to connect with you, what's the best way to do it?
2: You know, I'm, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, so that's probably a great place to uh, to connect there and then also my email is chuck at whitewaterconsulting.net um and they can you know send me emails we what's really been fun over the last couple of years is we we take a lot of phone calls from people around the country that have just got a challenge or a question that's people-related, and we spend about 20 to 30 minutes with them just talking through their situation and giving them some guidance on ways that they could possibly solve that problem or connecting them with somebody in their area that could help them. And we do all of that for, for at no cost. So it's it's something that we're just kind of we're paying things forward in some ways, but in other ways we're planting seeds because – it's amazing the number of times the phone rings and, and people come back to you two years or three years yep. later.
0: Yeah, we do the same thing. I'm, we, we, both Marie and I, and even our team, are constantly answering questions. Because a lot of times you'll be on a, you know, at a job, you know, at a client site, and somebody will have a quick question about, hey, I got this little problem at home. And we always have encouraged people to be, you know,
2: be, be friendly, be helpful. And yeah, it does pay difference, that's for sure. What, um, from, from, from an IT perspective, um, I'm curious with the fact that, you know, we have got so many more people now working remote or or working either at home or working just in remote locations in general. What, what is, from your seat, what are some, a couple of things that they, sh- people should be paying attention to? Because I have business owners that I'm talking to about IT and about cyber, and they're, they have no clue oftentimes about what they should be paying attention to.
0: Yeah, I, nope. The most important thing is keeping control of your data, and okay. the easiest way to do that, even though it 's not the most pleasant way of doing it, but is providing a laptop or notebook op- that 's set up properly for every employee. The great thing is there is some low tech low cost technology which now will allow you to to operate safely from home or from any environment um, one of them is um, like a cloud-based firewall. So you can now have a corporate-type firewall, uh, which would cost you thousands and thousands of dollars, and you can get it for dollars per right. month per employee. And every time they turn that computer on and connect to the Internet, it creates automatically, don't do this automatically, employees don't do it instinctively, but it, it creates that tunnel with that corporate firewall. And protects them. So that's probably one of the most important things, keeping that data close to the chest. Okay.
2: That's great. I I appreciate that guidance because, like I say, those are some questions that I'm starting to see more and more from my seat as a consultant. Yeah, some of the
0: biggest breaches we've seen, such as I believe the Uber breach was an engineer who was working from home. He had a little media server where he kept some – TV shows and movies, and the hackers had gotten to that server because they knew who he was and then worked their way into the company that, from his home. So it's, it's a serious okay. issue.
2: They really, it really Thanks is. Thanks
0: for asking. That's, that's something we talk about a lot. So but Very good. I appreciate it. I look forward to it. Hopefully, we can talk to you again in the future and uh, expand on more of what we talked about today.
2: That would be great. I've enjoyed our uh, time together and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Uh, that's
0: Chuck Cooper on the team Lotus cares podcast, episode 42. He's from white water consulting. If you want to look him up, uh, just search for uh, Chuck Cooper. You can also find whitewater net is his website. Uh, you can also find him at chuck info as well. That's his author website where you can connect with, uh, some of his work there. So Maria, any takeaways from the conversation?
1: Um, it, You know, it's always good to, um, you know, do your research. Um, but once you do that, I hope you do come across Chuck Cooper's um, consulting um, service. Cause honestly, you know, bringing all that wealth of information, especially making the mistakes that he has in the past is actually very beneficial to any entrepreneur or anyone that's doing any um, maneuvering through the business world. Um, yeah, that's, That's my my takeaway from that.
0: Yeah, one of the big things of being an entrepreneur is you make a lot of mistakes. You have to learn. But it's best if somebody else can make those mistakes and then you learn from them, which is far more advantageous to your wallet and to your uh, 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 happiness as well, probably. So, But uh, thanks again to Chuck Cooper for uh, joining us. And don't forget, you can get an email every Thursday from Maria with a weekly cybersecurity tip. If you want to sign up for that, it's easy enough. Just go to weeklycybersecuritytips.com. You can sign up there, and they'll show up every Thursday morning. We won't spam you. We don't sell your address. We just send you those cybersecurity tips every Thursday morning in your mailbox. Thank you, Maria. This is wrapping up the Team Lotus Cares podcast, episode 42.
1: Make it a great day, folks.
0: Thank you for listening to the Team Lotus Cares podcast. This is a free service of
1: Lotus Management Services, business clarity empowered by technology. Visit us on the web at lotusbusinesstech.com.